I'm Summer Falgiano, and you're tuned in to Badasses in Tech. Today, we're joined by British inventor Richard Browning. In this episode, he explains how his dad's legacy inspired him to invent the world's fastest jet suit, along with the pillars he relies on to get his ideas off the ground, and how his company Gravity is taking ingenuity to new heights. Before the virus challenge, we'd done 103 events in 30 countries in the last three years. And so, uh, yes, you can imagine I've been asked a few times, not least on, you know, in, uh, you know, live, but also in interviews and things like that. So, so yes, the Iron Man thing does come up. It's very flattering because clearly that technology that's suggested in that film or those films uh, is a little bit beyond what we can do. But, um, yeah, I, I, I suppose... Um, we've ended up generating a technology that allows human beings to fly in, in a very raw, authentic way. So it's, it's, I think about the minimalist amount of equipment, it's only weighs about 50 pounds. Uh, and yet you can fly, you know, two or three miles from any spot to any spot. Um, you know, you, and then you can land, shut down, walk around and still wear all the equipment. So I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, it is, it is the most Iron Man thing out there. I <laughs> very flattering. How did you find yourself in a situation that makes human flight possible? So my background, I was actually an oil trader with uh, BP for about 16 years in the city of London. Alongside that, I was in the British Royal Marines Reserve, the you know, military for about six years. Uh, but my whole family history uh, was in the world of aeronautics and aviation. And um, I suppose I always had the bug right from an early age of making, breaking, taking things apart. I, I suppose I sort of squashed that a little bit when I was doing a, a more corporate job. I mean, it's still creative and imaginative, but not really in a hands-on way. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, to be blunt, having built enough financial security and enough of a career, then I started sort of unleashing, opening the tap, if you like, on the inner creative, you know, the inner father. My father was a maverick inventor, creator, aeronautical engineer, probably left quite a bit of unfulfilled ambition. Um, He died when I was 15. So I, I, you know, there there is a big chunk of the story is related to that unfulfilled ambition, I think. And anyway, and I just hypothesized this idea with no practical idea whatsoever uh, no practical ambition. I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could apply the knowledge and the experience I built up, particularly in the Royal Marines, where you get trained very quickly to learn to believe in your own capability. You know, you, you end up going through a series of pretty arduous, you know, hoops and hurdles over a couple of years to get your green beret. Um, often where you think there's no way I can, you know, run 30 miles or climb that rope with all that wet gear on. And, and then just by persevering and keeping going, it's amazing what you can do. And it is amazing what the human body and mind can achieve when you think of all the roles that humans fulfill around the world. Anyway, so that was a long way of saying, it, you know, the human mind and body is an amazing machine. And if you just added the small amount of horsepower missing, I wonder just for fun, if you could mm-hmm. fly in a really novel way. And so then, you know, there's lots of clips out there and five Ted talks now on, on the background of showing how I learned from multiple safe but multiple failures um and and gradually learnt my way towards something that was largely considered to be not possible yeah yeah i'd love to hear a little bit more about your your point of view there i mean thinking about how many trials and errors went into what you have been doing from the time that you started and to your point about the ted talks i saw a great clip about or a great a great clip showing you traveling over the ocean how did you how did you keep from not getting discouraged during all of those trials and errors. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult. Any entrepreneur, any business owner, any, um, you know, gymnast, athlete, I mean, frankly, anybody that wants to put themselves out there and take on a challenge where at the beginning they really don't know if they can uh, succeed or not. 
Um, and those are obviously the best kind of challenges because if you think you can do it already, that's probably not much of a stretch. Um, it's really hard. I mean, you can't, I, I'm not a believer in this blind, you know, high-fiving can do, you know, never say die kind of attitude because that's dangerous. You know, there are things you, sh- you can try that you realize are giving you feedback. You should stop and pivot and go somewhere else, right? So, but at the same time, you've got to absolutely persevere. And I suppose my ethos was very much one of, try and get my hands dirty as quickly as possible, uh, identify what I could do within my skill set that meant I could get out within a few days and go and uh, test the idea mm-hmm. as cheaply and as simply as possible. So an example would be, you know, at one point I needed a throttle trigger to be able to gun these engines up and down, and but do it in a safe way where if I had a problem, I can let go and I'd know it would drop off. So it's like right. a throttle pedal in a car. Um, and so I was, you know, hunting around thinking what I could use. And then it struck me, I had an old electric drill with a trigger. We're all very familiar with those. Um, and uh, it was actually a broken one. And I took the, the, the trigger out of it, which is still working. And I used that as the throttle trigger. We still use the same triggers, even though we, you know, print $100,000, you know, titanium, aluminium and polymer structure now for the wow. suit. We still use those same kind of triggers because you know what? They turned out to be ideal. They're, they're rated for working in horrible, messy building conditions and they're really reliable. But, you know, rather than risk going down a rat hole of trying to yeah. custom commission some, six months build job of some special throttle trigger just go and use that so it was very much about rapidly trying to hack your way through all the failures to quickly identify uh what would work and what wouldn't and and keep learning as quickly as you can yeah i think that's really important i know especially younger people really trying to break into their own careers it all there's almost this this notion of oh i have to create something brand new i have to be the first to do it and it's really cool to hear you say that Speed is important, but you almost want to be more practical than anything. Uh, yeah, so many really good ideas when you really identify them, uh, when you really drill into them, are really accumulations of many other good ideas. So I think it's fair to say, even as, as amazing as Elon and Tesla is, um, actually the individual cells used in a Tesla are actually relatively standard mobile phone type technology mm-hmm. lithium batteries i mean probably somebody can pick me up on this but i believe it's true that that actually but they they're used in a clever way there's lots of interesting technology that wasn't necessarily groundbreaking that was amalgamated in a really cunning clever way and often that's really you know at the heart of a lot of big breakthroughs you know we absolutely didn't invent the jet engine for for, for example right we just built on the shoulders of giants of people who had already put on put in the hard work I want to throw in as well, there's another key you know, requirement, if you like, to this ethos. Yes, get out there and take risk and don't be afraid from failure. The critical thing is do not um, uh, engage in any kind of risk that could manifest a failure that is not recoverable. And, then, and on the spirit of re- in the spirit of recovery, I'm going to plug my phone in because it looks like it's complaining. Um, uh, there we go, if you can still see me. Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, so, so let, let me just be clear about that. So, you know, you have an idea, think, well, wouldn't it be cool if that worked? I know I'll quickly cobble together a couple of things that means I can get out in the field and literally test this. Even if you're building new code, for instance, it could be the same thing. The, the, the key things that we test against are if failure occurs in this test, uh, from a safety point of view, a reputation point of view, and a financial point of view, can I get back up again? 
Mm. Right. So safety goes without saying with what we do. Right. If I'm going to go to 100 feet, an engine might fail. I'm not going to get and get to have another go. Right. Financially, am I going to burn through all the money I've got really available to be able to go down this experimental path? Am I going to blow it all on one experiment? No, absolutely not. You know, we've got a race series that we were supposed to be running last week, the weekend before last in Bermuda. That's all ready to go for later in the year. But the virus came along and literally everything's kind of frozen. Did I throw enough of our resources at that that meant if it didn't happen, I'd be sunk? Absolutely not. So it's a pain, but it's not the end of the world. And then finally, reputation. If I go and test some jet engine in the high street down the you know city here and I get arrested by the police and it's in the papers, and so, you know, is that cool? No, it's not, right? No one's going to invite us to do any more events. So I, I'd say those three rules, safety, reputation, and financial. Otherwise, go off and take the risk. That's, I think that's, those are three very important pillars to, to consider and, and very helpful, especially myself, everyone listening who's out there really trying to understand and figure out what their next move is. I, I think those three, those three pillars are super important to, to keep in mind. So thank you for sharing. Um, one other thing, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about the, the technology. I, you touched a little bit about testing and, and code, and I think that's very important. Um, can you talk a little bit about the practical applications that, you know, uh, it's, it's great to see, uh, it's great to see you in the suit flying over all these beautiful settings. What's yeah. the vision uh, it, when it comes <laughs> down to the practicality of, of what you're creating? Yeah, no, very fair question. So first of all, I'll, I'll reiterate that I didn't develop this with any business model in mind. It was one of those rare opportunities in life of doing something purely for the joy of the challenge. However, Having done all those events around the world, which have generated really good revenue, you know, we did one accidental VC round on the very first event on the way to do TED 2017, which is another whole story. Um, I've never tried to raise money really for this business or anything. We've generated all our own revenue, well over $4 million now in three years, and it's all gone back into the R&D. Um, one of the other benefits of, of doing all of those events uh, was that it, it essentially became like a, an, an informal way of polling people's opinions on what we were doing. I think it's really healthy to get the public um, to actually say, I really love this, or that's really cool, or this makes me think of Iron Man, or whatever. Because it's a way of like polling your audience. And, and actually, the overwhelming, massively positive feedback from people seeing this live, you know, if you like seeing this, you know, little, little clip, you mentioned seeing me fly over water, or one of my team fly over water. It does look amazing on a screen, on a phone, whatever, but, but nothing compared to live. It blows people's minds. We've had people literally in tears with the effect this has had when people see this live, it messes with your head. It, does, it looks even more fake live than it does on a screen. So, well, where do you go with that? What does that sound like? Well, actually, you know, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, they're not practical. They, but they do really do a very good job of inspiring and entertaining and also leaving a trail of really interesting technology that in some cases has a wider application. So it's only dawn on us. Why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we form like a Red Bull Air Race style pylon race over water so it's completely safe really celebrate that human and machine capability and also massively accelerate the fueling of this journey that could well lead to some practical forms of human mobility, you know, and I'll throw in there the very first motor cars were considered noisy, smelly and rubbish compared to a horse and look where they've ended up. So I don't lose any sleep over kind of, you know, promising this is how we're going to take the kids to school when we're allowed right. to. Um, um, but um, uh, at the same time, it's ability to inspire and, and motivate and, and, I suppose, entertain and create amazing content, I think is, is huge. And so that's what we're running with. Now, that, that's one whole basket. And I can't deny also, uh, we've done a pretty good job of hiding the uh, search and rescue and special forces mobility capability side of this as well. That's a really fascinating area. But it's those two big buckets, basically. Wow. And training yeah. people. We train a lot of people. We've done 50, 60 client training days now. 
uh, people don't seem to fail to have an amazing experience coming up, you know, and with a safety tether. And like what I had in the beginning, um, it just seems to be a, a massive, you know, uh, crowd pleaser kind of thing, you know, to, to go and get that unique experience of learning to fly. So that's another big area of what we usually do when we're not locked down. That's awesome. So how long, how many years do I have to wait before I start seeing my neighbors flying around here? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll completely admit to the, the negatives. I mean, it is really noisy, which is part of the appeal <laughs> from an entertainment point of view. Right. You know, and a bit like a very fast motorbike, if you open the throttle, it's going to go 200 miles an hour really quickly. This wouldn't necessarily do 200 miles an hour very quickly, but it will take you up very high, you know, and, and if you're not sensible, you could hurt yourself with it. So it doesn't have to be dangerous at all, but for those reasons, you probably don't want, you know, thousands of people around a city jet suiting around. Yeah. However... If energy storage technology, battery technology keep, continues to improve, we've already built an electric version in this lab, and it does work for you know for seconds, uh, but it just chews through its power too quickly. So as that improves, then maybe. Awesome. I just have one more question for you. I know you are obviously a very busy executive. You're you're creating all of these inventions. You're also a family man. You're about to go have dinner with your family. How are you juggling all of these things? How are you? Uh, finding time to to make everything happen. It is difficult. I mean, I, I developed the very first suit that flew. Uh, you know, you can see all that at the original TED Talk. Um, I within eight months of starting the development, but all alongside a day job. So I sort of hedged my risk by doing it in evenings and weekends. And uh, you know, I didn't just go it alone and and follow this seemingly insane idea and hope it would work. Um, that was a very tough period. You know, it put a lot of pressure on my wife, particularly. Um, that she was wondering what I was doing. She was very supportive, but did wonder what I was up to. Uh, and it was tough. The first year of throwing this out there was difficult because you don't really know, you know, is this a completely ludicrous idea? Like you say, you know, like what is the point of it? Um, I had this faith that it would have a really big impact, um, but it does test you quite a bit. And yeah, it, I just test your relationship. And yeah, it took a lot of time away from the kids then. Now, I, I've, you know, last couple of years, I've enjoyed it because, you know, I haven't had to commute into work anymore. I, right. I spent a lot of time on planes, but um yeah, it is difficult. You have to go above and beyond. I mean, any startup veteran will, you know, know this. You spend a lot of time sleeping on couches. I'm at the grand old age of 41. I'm too old to sleep on couches now. But um, I did the equivalent of, uh, of of working in this kind of lab, you know, very late nights, sometimes completely through the nights to try and pursue that, uh, that vision. It's difficult. It's really tough. Um, you definitely don't want to let your baby get away with you because you could turn around one day and find that, you know, none of your friends and family are left. And then you've gone too far. Uh, but yeah, it is difficult. You've got to try and keep life in balance. Before we go, is there anything new coming out of Gravity? Well, the race series, the big Bermuda race, when that's back on board, that should be truly epic. I mean, six, seven pilots racing around obstacles. You know, it's going to look like a real life Marvel superhero film, but people racing for real life. And, you know, all the client training that we've got a huge backlog of people for California and, and uh, just outside of London to do training. And, and you can see loads more at the, the handle, particularly on Instagram at Take On Gravity. Uh, there's tons on there. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we're not going quietly. We're, um, we, we're just storing up ever more cool stuff to be uh, revealing to people when we're allowed back out of our houses. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To hear more, check out our website, badassesintech.com, and join our community. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So follow us and tune in next week. That about sums it up. I'm Summer Falgiano, and this is Badasses in Tech.